Now let's look at lesson one, and let's talk about understanding a marriage. Now first of all, the thing you need to realize is that marriage is by God's design. It wasn't something that when cavemen moved out of caves and quit hitting women in the head with their clubs and dragging them off by their hair uh, to be their wives, then they got sophisticated and somebody said, let's now institute marriage. Marriage has never been society's concept. It's always been by God's design, and it's God's concept. The first marriage is found in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 with Adam and Eve. And, of course, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33, that whole passage there is a reference uh, on marriage and a picture of marriage being likened to Christ and the church. And if you go back and look and read in Ephesians 5, it, the references go right back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve is the first marriage. Adam and Eve is the first type of Christ and the church in the Bible. Adam is a type of Christ. She's a type of the church. So in Ephesians 5, you find both components. You find the first marriage, and it says she is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You'll find that they become one, that the Bible says, and God called their name Adam because they're one. So you find that in the physical aspect of marriage over there in Ephesians 5. And then you find how it's a model of Christ and the church. Now that's going to be very important, understanding these two concepts as we move down through these. And I'll, I'll, I'll bring back to your remembrance as we get there. Genesis 2, 30, uh, tw- uh, 23 says, She's bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And you find the same concept of Christ and the church over in Ephesians chapter 5. So we have two models now. We have the model of Adam and Eve as the first marriage, and then we have the model of Christ and the church, and the two are inseparable. And to understand the first one, you have to understand and put into play the second one. We'll talk about that as we come on down through here. Now, understanding marriage and having a good working marriage is simply based on, um, you know, perfecting the fundamentals of marriage. Fundamentals are the key in everything in life. And, you know, in sports, what makes a good athlete, what fundamentally makes the Royals win the uh, World Series was simply that they executed the basics of baseball almost flawlessly. That's the key. And it's the key in your job. The key to being really good at what you do is just being really good and staying sharp on the fundamentals of your job. You know, it's how you study the Bible. I've told you all the time, when I wrote my book back here, How to Study the Bible, that's simply a book That's simply a book that focuses on the fundamental skills of learning the Bible. You master the fundamentals and you'll pretty much learn your Bible. You master the fundamentals of your marriage and you're going to have a good, solid marriage. No marriage is going to be problem-free, just like no relationship with Christ is problem-free. And, uh, you know, but you can get to the point in both cases where uh, by the same way that you really, it really works for you. 
Now let's talk about six basic fundamentals of understanding a marriage within lesson one here. Now the first one will be our individual relationship with Christ. A marriage, a husband and wife together, will only be as strong in their marriage as their individual relationship is with Christ. Your individual relationship with Christ is the foundation that your marriage will be built on. You have to understand that. All other aspects and character qualities, concepts, will be built on this single foundation. And this brings up a tremendous aspect of marriage. And we're going to talk about this in several different phases throughout our our lessons here. This brings up the tremendous aspect of the importance of two people wanting to get married being equally balanced and equally grounded in the Word of God. Because when you start to get into marriage, if your marriage at the get-go is out of balance, if the woman is dialed in and the man is not, if the man is dialed in and the woman is not, I guarantee you, you're going to have some problems because marriage in its workable format is based on both people having a foundation in the Word of God that is comparable to each other. You take somebody who is in the Word of God for four or five years, really gets stabilized, and then they meet somebody who's not, and they don't recognize this principle, and they go ahead and get married, they're going to have some problems. They may survive. In some cases, the other one or the other may come up to that level. Doesn't happen very often. They may survive, but they're going to have some issues. You know why? Their value system is not going to be the same. You know why? Because their foundation isn't the same. It's just that simple. And um, I, I, you know, I... I, I hope they don't mind me saying this, but I'm, 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 I have two guinea pigs that I'm doing these lessons on right now doing it, and that's uh, Justin and Angela. And they're my guinea pigs. They're the first ones I've ever done this with. And they've been so easy to do. Um, I, I find myself slipping and sliding moving through it because I've, uh, it's, it's been a long time since I had any couple that was as evenly balanced as they are when it comes to the Bible. They have got a good, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, they got a good, I'm going to tell you their sins. I have them listed over here in just a minute. But <laughs> they, are, they are as evenly balanced as anybody I've ever seen. And uh, I'm not saying they don't have issues like everybody else, and they will, but their foundation is solid. They both love God, they both love the Word of God, and they are equally balanced in that concept. And therefore, they have a a really good shot at, you know, being able to work through scenarios when they came up, because I cannot stress enough the importance that whoever you're about to marry, whoever you're about to marry, when I'm speaking to the man or the woman, the importance of being in proximity together of a being a balanced on a good foundation. That will be the fundamental key from which you're going to be able to either solve all the problems that come in or not solve them. And you'll see that as we go through. The second one 
The second basic fundamental is honesty and truth. And that is simply being able to speak the truth in love. You know, best friends can talk about anything. And uh, in the ministry, the thing that I love about, you know, uh, our church and the people who work with me, that we can sit down and talk about anything. Uh, there are some people that you always kind of cross your fingers when you got to talk about something because you don't know how they're going to react. But in most cases, that's not the case, especially with people that are here. You can sit down and because we, you can talk about anything. And that reason is, is because we have the same fundamental goals. And when your goals are the same in marriage, you can talk about whatever you need to talk about. You can be open and honest. You can be completely transparent uh, in the relationship. Uh, this builds uh, the quality of a marriage, and it makes it, for both the husband and wife, uh, one of the most valuable assets that both the husband and his wife can have. And they both recognize that. It builds the security that both need to have for a long-term relationship. And uh, you see it in, in, in Christianity. You know, it's what makes Christians valuable in the ministry for a long-term relationship in a church because the fundamentals, the balance is good, the honesty and truth of being preached is good, you can talk about everything and they work things out, this is the fundamental key, one of the fundamental keys of the marriage. And this sets up the principle for the third one, and that is the word trust. Number three will be established automatically when number one and number two are in place and working properly. Trust is probably the second issue of vital in a marriage. We'll talk about the first one here in a little bit. But I see it all the time, spouses who don't totally trust each other uh, and that is, uh, you know, when, when there's no biblical principles involved in the marriage, when there's nothing to fall back on, when there's no foundation that it's built on, then the woman's nature as the man's nature is to naturally uh, take things personal, um, see things from a different perspective than maybe they should, and then, you know, you have problems from there in the trust department. And, uh, and of course, uh, this will go back to a foundational problem. These are all connected together, and they all start with the perfect balance of being balanced and laying that foundation in your life of marriage on and the balance that you put on it. Many times the trust issue will go back to an honesty and a truth issue, something from the past, and people will struggle with that. Again, they struggle with that because they're not operating under the principles that tells you how to deal with that. I've had couples that I've dealt with that had problems, be, you know, uh, before they got saved. And after they get saved, both of them pretty much get it on track and they really, really, really move along with it. And yet they struggle Sometimes the wife, sometimes the husband. They struggle with something that happened before they got saved. And that's purely a, a, a not understanding uh, where you were and where you're at. And it's so simple. And I tell them, I said, you know what? 
here's why you got to let this go. Here's why you can here's why if you don't, what you're struggling with that happened 20 years ago before you even married is going to destroy what you have now if you don't get the concept I'm about to tell you. Then it's so simple. Back there, you were both unshaved, and you lived like the world, so you did things that were of the world. Today, you're both shaved. You both want to do what's right. You both want to grow in the Word of God. Don't judge each other for where you're at today based on where you were 20 years ago. You've got to come to the point that you realize that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things are passed away, all things become new. And many times, that becomes an issue from the past. You know, a, a good example is a Christian who continually has a problem uh, trusting God uh, in his own relationship. And you see it from time to time. I'm blessed their hearts. I've seen people, you know, that struggle with well, their salvation. You know, did I do it right? You know, and honestly, uh, a person who wants to get saved, I don't know if you can do it wrong. <laughs> but they continually struggle with that over and over and over and over again. And uh, you're going to find that, you know, when you struggle with a trust issue with the Lord, it's going to hinder you in getting out and really doing what God wants you to do. You may be able to go so far, but boy, when it really calls for you hanging out on the limb someplace, you're never going to be able to do that. And the reason why you're not going to be able to do that is because of the trust issue. And it's the same way in a marriage. If you don't have the element of trust, then the two of you will never accomplish anything meaningful in your life for the Lord. Because it's always going to be the same issue. And that's why it has to be in both cases. In both cases, it has to come back to the fundamental principles. I know I'm saved, not because how I feel or how I worry about it. I know I'm saved because the Bible says if I do this, this, and this, I'm saved. End of the story. My feelings tomorrow do not change what the verse said. It's what it is. My ability to either trust that or not trust that is something that you have to just get to the principles of the Word of God and drill those things in your head. And it's the same same thing with marriage. Shaky marriages... Let's start out out of balance, start out wrong, start out with a lot of problems. They cannot, and this is another principle you want to get, they cannot handle a lot of extra weight. They just can't. You can't take a marriage with a very fragile foundation and then add to it another thousand pounds without having it cracking the foundation and breaking it and busting it. And this is what you find in marriage. You find people who get married, they have kids from other relationships, which is fine. It's fine, but it is what it is. They have all kinds of problems that they're bringing in. We call it baggage. They're out of balance. She wanted to get married, found a guy that was everything except maybe wasn't where she was at or he was at spiritually. They go ahead and marry anyhow. Now they've got all this extra weight. They sometimes have problems with the in-laws or the outlaws or all the other parts of the factions of the families. Sometimes there's an ex-wife. Sometimes the kids now have grown up and they're terrible and they have all kinds of problems. And you find that they struggle back and forth. And here's what you've got. 
You've got a marriage with a foundation that can only support 100 pounds because it's shaky. And now all these other problems are adding 6,000 pounds on a foundation that can only hold 100, and then you wonder why it doesn't work. It's just so simple. It will fail. Well, the fourth one will be communication. And without a doubt, this is the number one problem. This will be the source that leads to bigger issues in the marriage. Not being able to talk things out. Not being able to uh, understand and get to the point where you really, really, really can work things out by just sitting down and talking. Without screaming. Without fighting. Without name calling. Without yelling or losing your temper. And yet, I've seen Christians where they, on a, on a routine basis, who claim to be saved, and I believe they are, <coughs> when they get into a fight, the husband will call his wife the filthiest names on the planet, or she will call him the filthiest names on the planet, and they revert right back to what they were before they were saved, even though they're saved. That's not communication. And it causes the number one problem that comes along with communication over a long extended period of time. One or the other or both just gives up talking about it. They withdraw. They're not going to talk about it because they know there's no value in it. <clears throat> you got a dog that really loves you and you got a dog that really thinks that you're great and every time you come home from work, he or she comes up and just crawls up in your lap and licks your face off and just wants to be with you and sit with you. Uh, that's a good thing. If every time that dog comes up to try to lick you and jump in your lap, you slap it in the head, after about four or five times, it ain't going to come up anymore. You know why? Doesn't want to get slapped in the head. And you take a marriage where the two can't talk and work things out. You take a marriage where it's always volatile and always somebody screaming and saying something. After a while, you just want to shut down. You know why? You're tired of getting slapped in the head. That's the worst thing you can do because now it goes internal. And when you take it in internal over the years, it builds into resentment, it builds into anger, it builds into bitterness, and it's never going to come out good. And of course, this is a complete breakdown of your ability to talk through things and you bottle it up for 20, 30 years. Now on this one, and I'm speaking to the husband just for a moment, even though we're not into the role of the husband yet. But on this one, the husband must lead the way. No question about it. You cannot expect the wife to lead the way on this one. There are some things that she needs to lead the way on, like saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> Boy, I'm getting some looks at some ladies. I don't there are some things that a woman can lead on. Not this one. This one has to be led by the husband. A husband in communication, or I should say the art of communication. He needs to understand three things. And this is vital. And you want to get these down. First of all, he needs to be smarter than the problem that he's dealing with. He needs to realize 
that he has to be the one that is the facilitator here. The breakdown in communication will be always on him. It's his responsibility. He needs to be smarter than the problem. He needs to see it as it is, not from his emotional entanglement. He needs to see it from the biblical perspective that he is the one who needs to lead the way in communication. The second thing is, he needs to be bigger than the problem. In other words, he cannot let his pride get involved. He cannot let it get to the point where he simply uh, won't do it because he's mad or he's upset or his feelings are hurt or he wants to retaliate in some way. He has to be smarter than the problem. He needs to be bigger than the problem. And the third one, he needs to be the spiritual leader in the problem. He needs to realize that any problem in that marriage is his to fix. That's his job. Now you can see the problem you get into when you marry somebody that's out of balance. This goes right, this concept goes right out the window. One, the guy is not smarter than the problem because he really doesn't know the Bible. Two, he can't be bigger than the problem because he doesn't understand the principles involved. And three, he can never be the spiritual leader in the problem because he's not to the point in his life where he can. And of course, these three things are fall on the husband. And uh, I have no, uh, there's no second way around this. There's nothing, uh, in this particular case, uh, there are some things the wife are responsible for. I get that. We'll talk about them when we get into the role of the woman. But fundamentally, the husband has to be the facilitator in communication. He has to be able to draw out of his wife the things that need to be talked about Uh, without getting angry. And that's the biggest roadblock on communication. The fear that it's going to lead into a fight, lead into this, lead into that. And after about five or six, seven, eight, ten years of that, guys, your wife just gets absolutely sick of it. She just withdraws and doesn't talk about it. And you don't have a clue. You know why? You don't have a good foundation. It's three simple problems that all men have, and you've got to stay and work on. We talk about marriage being a work in progress. Here's one of the works in progress, being smarter than a problem, being bigger than a problem, and being the spiritual leader in a problem. Hands down. That's where you're at. Now, the fifth one. <clears throat> the fifth one will be <clears throat> the aspect of forgiveness. The ability in any relationship to absolve the other party of any wrongdoing when they're truly sorry. And this is Romans 15.1. Either the strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. And of course, the model for this will be you and Christ in your own personal relationship with him. Goes right back to the foundation. In particular, how God forgives us, and on that basis how we forgive each other. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Now, I just give you the key to help you when you have an issue for both of you to work at resolving the issue. 
because marriage was going to see a little bit later on as a team concept to do something for God. And so he says here, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And then the concept is, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. That verse says that there are times, because God is holy and God is righteous, that he sees things that we do, that on his own, he would not forgive us. But what makes his forgiveness go toward us is because of what Christ did on Calvary's cross. So in spite of what God's holiness is and how God wants no unclean thing around him, he allows us to be, have a relationship with him for Christ's sake. And that's the bottom line in your marriage. Your marriage is of God, for God, and letting things come into your marriage that stops the work of God, of you two, is ridiculous because it just shows that one or the other or both do not understand the final analysis of their marriage is for to be used of God. And so you don't let stupid stuff get out of control. No matter who's right, no matter who's wrong, you don't do it for your sake. You don't do it for her sake. You do it sometimes for Christ's sake. That the ministry goes on. And that shows you understanding the problem in its entirety, that it's not just a personal thing here. There's a bigger picture of what's happening and what's going on. It's taking yourself out of it and putting Christ in it. We'll talk about that when we get a little farther into this. Now, the sixth one, unconditional love for each other. Mary should be in all aspects with time getting deeper and better. The physical aspect of becoming one. You see it in second or third back generation older couples. You don't see many older couples today because today they get divorced after the first five years, so there's not many old couples that are married anymore. But you go back two or three generations and you see them hobbling down the mall or walking down the street. They look alike. They think alike. They dress alike. They talk alike. They eat alike. And that's because after all the years of marriage, the two, uh, have be, and I'm talking about unsaved people in a physical sense, they become one just by the association. Add Christ to that on the foundation of everything we're talking about. You know, you used to have these game shows called them marriage game or the wedding game, I can't remember what it was, where you would, your husband and wife would go in and they send a wife out, you ask the questions, and then they bring them back in. And, you know, most young couples would never win it. You get a couple on there, been married 30, 40 years, they'd win that thing. Hand. That's why they never put them on. They lose all the money because old folks who've been married for 30, 40 years, 50 years, they know the other person. Young couples, they'll struggle with it sometimes. I mean, they may get some of it right. You may find somebody who's really intuitive that gets it all right. But, boy, you get a couple of them married 40, 50 years, been through some things together, put them up there and ask them this, boy, I'll tell you what, they take it hands down. And um, it all goes back to when issues come in and you understand the concept of Christ's sake, it all goes back to you not looking at the person you're having a problem with. Because there's times that you can, we can all do as a husband and a wife, unlovely things in the flesh. We say things that are wrong. We do things that we probably shouldn't. The thing that overrides that in a husband and wife relationship will be the husband or the wife 
having the ability to look past the physical, stupid stuff that's done, but always love the Christ that they see in that person. That's the key. When you can't love the person in that moment, love the Christ in that person, and that'll always take time and bring it back that you can in time work through any problem that you have. You know, it's, a, it's the person inside that person that is 100% easy to love when it's Christ uh, because you already love Christ. And when you see Christ in that person, now that's how, that's how whether you figure it out or not, that's how God and you can have a relationship in me because you and I are unholy. You and I are not right with God. And God views you and his relationship with you through Christ's death on the cross. That's how he has a relationship with you and me. He sees you through Christ. That's the only reason he can reach, go out and try to get unsaved people who are filthiness. And the Bible says in the Old Testament, God is holy. Hey, before the Jews, God would come down to the Old Testament camp of the Jews, they had to remove everything that was unclean because he's so holy. But in the New Testament, he's just as holy. But in the New Testament, when he looks at unsaved people and he looks at you and me, and the way you and I got saved was in Christ, through Christ. That's why in the book of Ephesians, you find that phrase, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. When you're saved, you're in Christ. And when God has a relationship with you, when you and I don't do what's right, we're not always the way we should be, you know how he absolves us of that and deals with that? He sees the Christ in you. And that's what you do in a marriage. Just that simple. Well, that's the end of lesson one, and we've got time, so I'm going to teach you lesson two. But that's lesson one, per se there.